Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. We are into March. Can you believe it? In some ways, this year's felt like it's gone so fast. And then in other ways, it's like, good Lord, it's only March. But it's March, y'all. 2020, pretty amazing. So far, things have been good. I hope they've been good on your end. I hope that the episodes that I've introduced this year have been helpful. And I'm I'm curious, um, have you ever really stopped and looked at the driving forces that guide your life? I know I talk about a lot of this stuff, but really I'm asking you, what drives you? The values that you hold as top priorities and the beliefs that you have that allow you to live your life the way you're living it. Have you ever really stopped and written those things down? As I've gotten older, some of my values have changed and others have become more firmly rooted in my life. Traveling on my spiritual journey for over 20 years now, I've studied the gurus, examined principles of other religions and belief systems, and filtered out what matters to me, which principles I choose to adopt, to create the foundation upon which I live. So today I'd like to share some of those with you, Uh, some of these Buddhist principles to live by. And I'm going to tell you that I have taken the basics of some of these principles, but made them my own. In other words, I'm sharing with you uh, how I've interpreted these principles. And maybe these will resonate with you. Maybe they won't. But my hope is that perhaps some of this will register with you and you might adopt an easier way of living and being because you heard this today. So here are some of the principles that I've adopted that I believe in that I'd like to share. Number one, attachment to outcome is created out of fear. We attach ourselves to outcome when we fear that we won't get what we want. And we forget that we get everything we need, regardless if it aligns with our agenda or not. Outcomes are all about expectations, need, and fragmentation. Our souls are already perfect, y'all, but it's our ego that begs us to believe that we need certain things, certain people and experiences to feel whole. The ego mind is what pushes us to focus on lack, need, worry, fear. Our soul knows better. Detachment is a Buddhist principle that guides us to practice being okay, regardless of what happens, to know that God is in charge of what we experience and what comes to pass in our lives, as well as our participation in our own lives to get what we need from the universe. To be able to detach from outcome means that you have full faith 
that what you need, you'll get, not that you'll get what you want. Detachment means that you believe that the universe has your back all the time, always, and that you can handle whatever outcome exists. Number two, our experiences are created out of our perception. Now, this is a real, real important one too. I find all of these really important, but this is really something to think about because life isn't actually what happens. It's a set of facts. Things are factual. And what we do is we interpret them based on how we perceive them. Perception is everything as we go through life. Think about this. Two people can experience the exact same thing and have two different perceptions and experiences about what happened. It's all about the perception that you choose to have about what you wish to experience. For example, two people can be at a convenience store and it gets robbed at, gun and at gunpoint. Somebody, maybe not them, but maybe somebody else. Or maybe the person just walks in and holds the whole store up. One person might have PTSD as a result from it and be terrified to go into another convenience store ever again, while the other person experiences God's grace for having been saved from being wounded or fatally shot. At any moment, we create our reality, and we could change the reality of our experiences with a change in perception. We can choose to be positive or negative about our lives. We could choose to be students and learn from our lives, practicing gratitude for everything we have and grace for being spared from pain from things we don't even know that we've been spared from and the things that we know that we've been spared from. We could choose what we think about, how we think about everything in our lives, every moment of every day. It's a matter of what you allow yourself to believe about yourself and your world. If what you believe in how you perceive things doesn't bring you peace and joy, take a look at those things and find other ways of looking at them so that they educate you about yourself versus allowing them to cause you pain. Find the better perspective so that you experience better Number three, to know thyself is to truly follow what feels true to you in the moment. At some point, you're going to question what you were taught growing up, the religious beliefs you were raised with, the parenting that you experienced, you experienced uh, the, the socialization that you've been given, the choices you've made based on all of those things. And all of those things contribute to who we believe we are and of what we're capable. But as you experience life, you might find that your confidence and happiness increases as you learn to rely on and follow your inner guidance more often than not, really honoring what's true for you in the moment. While it's hard to honor that inner voice, against an influential family system that pushes you to believe certain things about yourself in your life, that inner voice or, or, you know, that, that, uh, uh, relationship that you have where 
your partner may question you more often than not, or you have a boss that fears his or her own uh, fear being found out as incompetent, micromanages you, any one of those things and more examples, just know that the inner voice that you have is wiser than you could possibly realize. It's our soul speaking to us. We really do know what's best for us. And while there may be times that we seek guidance from others, if with every decision we made, we had guns to our heads and within five seconds, we had to make a true decision before the triggers pulled where the gun is loaded. We would get real clear, real fast about what we know is our truth. We could decide real fast in a heartbeat. To truly know yourself is to trust yourself and to be at peace with the decisions you make, regardless of what outside elements attempt to influence you. Look at the times when you trusted your gut and ultimately the decisions you made turned out better than you could have possibly imagined in the short term or long term. We tend to feel as though we can't trust ourselves when our desired outcome doesn't come to fruition. But you know what? That's so not true because you have no clue what's working on behind the scenes about why it didn't come to fruition. Remember, we get what we need, not what we want. If it happens to align with what we want, that's a, that's kudos. That's like a double-stepped Oreo, y'all. The only confusion we have around this is because we forget that what happened in our lives, whether the result is, like I said, what we want or not, is that it's all for our highest good. Being at the fork in the road in your life is a really good thing. Those forks push us to look at what really matters in our lives and to make choices that speak to the truth of what we really believe in and to whom and to what we want. Learning to trust our instincts is key to living an easier life and trusting them in every single moment, regardless of the naysayers, is the best thing you could learn to do. When you do that, living in flow becomes so much easier. Number four, doing is not as important as being. Each of us has believed at one point or another that we have to do, do, do to enjoy life and to experience what we want to experience. Now, yes, we do need to participate in our own lives and partner with the universe to bring about that which is divinely rightly ours to have. But you can't enjoy life if all you're doing is doing. Impossible, because you miss the moment. Being in the beingness is a skill to build. It is a practice, and it is not easy to just be when our lives feel so harried and where our our to-do lists are so lengthy everywhere. But I have to tell y'all, beingness is one of the most wonderful and peaceful things that you can experience. It isn't a time to think about what you you, you don't have or where you failed or what else needs to go on those to-do lists. Rather, It's the opportunity to be fully present, to be, to exist, to really appreciate what you have, to take stock of your life, what you have now, what you desire, and the things that you're grateful for. 
Recently, I was at the beach uh, with my boyfriend, and he tends to like to go and do, and his way of life is to experience things. Loves the experience. Oftentimes, it's hard for him to just be, but he's getting better at it. Um, he could tend to have fear of missing out FOMO. Me? Well, I'm pretty freaking good at chilling, at being. Uh, we have two different, two different experiences one day at the beach. One day, that day, I just sank into my beach chair. I took some deep breaths, and I just listened to the waves and remained present. He, on the other hand, he was able to do that for a little bit, but he wanted to get up to go for a walk, wanted to ride bikes and go explore. Like I said, over time, he's learned how to be a better beer, but his true nature is to experience and go and do. And he does find richness in being present, but we are who we are, and some of us are literally wired differently, and that's okay, as long as you can find your moments of being. That's the key. If you tend to go, 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 because being creates anxiety for you, listen to what the anxiety is asking of you. Maybe it's asking you to become more comfortable with it and to learn to let beingness lead you rather than a monkey mind leads you. Maybe in the beingness, you actually really uh, tend to call up negative thoughts. Think about negative things and constantly keeping bu busy allows you to avoid dealing with things. Anxiety has a beautiful way of doing that. If that's the case, wouldn't it be great to not have that anxiety when you're trying to be? Wouldn't it be great if you actually figured out a way to get rid of that by dealing with what is haunting you. I promise you, in the core of beingness is the greatest sense of peace you will ever find. And it is the closest connection to yourself than you'll, that you'll ever have. Number five, smile from your liver. Okay, this is actually not a Buddhist principle, y'all. But practicing gratitude is. If you've ever read the book or watched the movie Eat, Pray, Love, then you'll know that this line is taken directly from it. When Elizabeth Gilbert is in India and goes to visit her spiritual teacher, Katut, he recognizes that she's really not happy. And he encourages her to practice gratitude and really feel grateful for what she has. And he tells her to smile from her liver and she'll feel better. Gratitude is everything it's cracked up to be, y'all. It, however, can feel like total bullshit when you don't really, truly feel grateful all the way deep down inside. Gratitude is so fulfilling and can bring more things into your life than you could possibly be grateful for. It is the end-all, be-all of how to truly feel good. So smile from your liver, y'all. Smell from your lungs, all of the organs of your body, and see how your perception changes. See how your ideas change, your options change. See how your life changes when you practice genuine gratitude. Number six, change your thoughts and change your life. Yep, yeah, this comes from the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, 
but he was a true master in the art of beliefs influencing the quality of our lives. In every moment, you have the opportunity to steer your life in a different direction just by changing the thoughts you have. You can be what the Buddhists call an objective observer of your mind and your life by noticing what thoughts you practice and what thoughts you could practice. You can decide on the thoughts that you value and eliminate the ones that don't benefit you. You really can. Thoughts don't do you. You do thoughts. If you could sit and breathe for a bit, take a moment and view your thoughts as if there was a ticker tape running in front of your eyes. See which thoughts feed your soul and which thoughts bring you down. The point of this is to teach you that you are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. You are the being that experiences those thoughts and feelings and who decides which to value and act on and which not to. Number seven, we are all one. That is our natural state. It can be hard to believe that we're all connected because we're all so different in so many ways. And there's so many different things in this world but we really are all connected. Everything is energy and all energy is connected. The reality is that we all return to oneness when we leave our bodies, when we die. And this idea that everything is one is the basis for enlightenment. To imagine that what you do, what you say, what you think, doesn't have a ripple effect on every single thing, every single person. That's kind of like, silly y'all. You need, I need you to know that everything resonates outside of you from within. Our world would really be a boring as hell place if everybody was the same. So let's let other differences inspire us to be bigger, to be happier, and to have more fulfilled versions of ourselves. Let others who have what we want inspire us to reach for what we want, not to feel jealous, or inadequate, or feel lack, or disadvantaged, or unlucky. Let them inspire us to move forward. The idea that we're separate from anyone else really is just an illusion. When we feel separated, we experience suffering. While our souls have their own journeys, we are really put in this human experience fishbowl with others for a reason. And that reason is to remind us that we're all here for these two reasons, to grow into our soul's greatness and purity and to reconnect with the unity from whence we came. I hope you found some of these principles helpful. I hope that some of these principles are uh, kind of reinforce how you live. Maybe some of these are new, some of these you can adopt. Maybe you want to write your own list of the principles that you live by. How cool would that be? I'd love to hear from y'all about how this resonates with you. I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.